I get to, you know, save lives, but I also do get to feed my family because uh, cooking is, you know, it's a thing of love. And this is my second family uh, being in the firehouse. You spend a third of your life with them. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, Florida weather isn't the only thing that's turning up the heat. We're chatting with Chef Manny F.D. of the Orlando Fire Department. Today, Emmanuel Washington Jr. answers our burning questions about life as a firehouse chef. Better known as Chef Manny F.D., the F.D. stands for Fire Department, the Miami native works for the Orlando Fire Department. In addition to being district chief, he's also the resident chef at Station 8 near Orlando International Airport. Chef Manny has demonstrated his culinary skills on cooking competition shows, including Cutthroat Kitchen, Master Chef, and Food Network Star. In our conversation, Chef Manny shares how being a firefighter has made him better in the kitchen, the advice celebrity chef Alton Brown gave him that helps him cook faster, and the right way to put out a kitchen fire. I always had a love of cooking since I was a kid. Growing up with the family, you know, I'm cooking with my grandmother, my parents. Even when college I was cooking, I always be the person that everybody in the dorm used to come to because I always cook Sunday dinner and stuff there. So I always cook. But then when I became a firefighter in the firehouse, you know, he always cooked. And my dad's also a firefighter. He was a chef for the station. So he cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner every shift. You know, seeing now, oh, I got it. I want to do that. So that's what I ended up doing. I started cooking. And as a joke, one of the firefighters signed me up for my first show, Cutthroat Kitchen. Yeah, they called me and I thought it was a prank call. Literally thought it was a prank call. They called me and said, hey, this is Food Network and we want to have you on our show. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Because I had no idea and I hung up on her. And then like, I realized like, hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. And then like, I emailed him, oh crap, this is real. I did that show, flew out there and I won that show, the firefighter dish. And then I'm like, I got this bug of doing this competitive cooking. So I did that and then did uh, MasterChef after that with uh, Gordon Ramsay. Then after that, another show reached out to me, Food Network Star, and I was able to do that show and finish uh, second on that show. Next, she had a Food Network pilot. So got a whole thing here. So it's just been a great experience and stuff there. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It's great. Why do you think being a celebrity chef, I guess we could call you, and being a firefighter go hand in hand? Well, I think it goes hand in hand because, you know, as firefighters, we everybody knows that in, in the world, that's why I love the firefighters know they can cook like it's no it's already given that you know even your like I said, your six year old's books it's always something about cooking they know that if you go anywhere in the world you can find a firehouse cooking and it was going to be good food because firefighters are blatantly honest so they're going to tell you if your food's bad or not so you know you know good food so you know always it just goes per hand that i get to you know save lives but i also do get to feed my family because uh cooking is you know it's a thing of love and this is my second family being in the firehouse you spend a third of your life with them Okay, talk to me about that schedule. It does make sense that you call them your second family. How much time are you spending there? You're sleeping there. Take me through like a week of your schedule. Oh, uh, so the way it is that we currently work in, here in the Friday from Brady and Florida, they do what's called a 24 hour on and 48 hours off. So I work 24 hours on. So say Monday, I go in Monday morning at 8 a.m. and I'm there for 24 hours. I do not leave the station. I stay there through the night, sleep there. 
and I leave 8 a.m. Tuesday morning and then literally go home and I'm home Tuesday and Wednesday. And then I come back Thursday morning, 8 a.m. and I'm there for another 24 hours. So you literally spend a whole day with these people. You eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, you, you know, sleep with them. You're, you watch TV with them. Like you're literally in there, you know, you're up with them at four o'clock in the morning running calls and stuff. There. So it's like, you're literally with these people for almost every third day of your life. When you go grocery shopping, do you take the fire truck? Because I've been at the grocery store and seen like a whole gang of firefighters in their uniforms. Right. Yeah. So we're still technically on the clock. So uh, that's why we take the truck with us and we'll go shopping. If we get a call, we have to stop shopping and then go to the call and then come back and finish shopping. So we usually have a, like Publix already knows that like, when we have a cart, hey, hold this real quick. You know where I got to go. And they'll like, put it in the freezer for us. And so we have to have our truck with us at all times. Wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, take me through a typical day of meals. Are you cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And what is everyone else doing? Are they just like watching TV while you do this second job, basically? Dinner's the main one that we definitely sit down for during the week. And on the weekends, we always have breakfast together. So we'll cook breakfast slash brunch. And then we'll usually have, and we'll have dinner uh, for that. So then if it's, you know, depending on what it is, usually like the station I was at, station one, it was 25 of us. So it's a lot of people. So we like each unit will work on cooking the meal and stuff. There. And it's like a group. There'll be one lead person that kind of goes through it. We have a full like commercial kitchen. Like it's, you know, we have an indoor grill, eight burners, four ovens, five refrigerators. So it's like a lot of stuff there. So uh, with that one, it's like more of a team production. There. Usually one lead and I kind of orchestrate all the stuff there. You mentioned brunch, which just makes my mouth water. What are some of the brunch and dinner dishes that you make that are the most popular? Let's see. So one most common ones that for brunch, I do like a, a, a stuffed French toast. So I literally have like, you know, thick pieces of brioche bread and I make a little slit. Now you should make like a filling with like cream cheese and confection sugar, vanilla. And sometimes I'll get crazy and make it kind of like almost like a uh, either cheesecake or kind of like a, a key lime filling. And then usually on top, I usually have either like a strawberry compote. I'll make a homemade syrup. I always love doing that for brunch because basically I can make that for larger groups. It's real easy to make it for large groups. For, you know, for lunch or dinner or something, I usually make these bacon jam burgers I love making. So it's like, you know, the bacon, which is that caramelized bacon with caramelized onions, brown sugar, apple cider vinegar, uh, some fresh herbs. And, you know, usually render it out to almost like a jam consistency. It takes a couple hours to make, but when it is, that literally you can spread it on your burger, you spread it on sandwiches. Literally just use it and put it on everything. Do you cook at home too? Or when you get home, are you like, I'm off duty now? I just want to- I do cook at home. I do do a lot of cooking at home for a kid. Well, EJ, who is uh, 19 months now. So yeah, we do. I do the cooking in the house. A lot of the mainly majority of the cooking in the house. So, you know, I'm always cooking. Well, that's like my little getaway. It's just like my my therapy in a sense, you know, with the hustle and bustle, just the work and everything. It's like my moment of time to kind of take a breather even during the day at work. You know, I put on some house music. I put on some music, some rhythmic music. And I just kind of go in my own little world and start cooking. Okay, that's interesting to hear you say, because I could also see someone being resentful of having almost a second job. Your job is to be a firefighter, but now you're cooking for everyone on top of it. Yeah, it can be. I can say some days, especially if you're really, really, really busy, you know, it's like a lot to try to like stop and try to cook and stuff there. So what is low key, that's why I've kind of like, morphed it into the competitive base. That's why I felt I did really well in these competitive shows because sometimes I had to think outside the box. And so how am I going to get a great meal, but only got 30 minutes? How do I make a great meal when I keep getting calls constantly where I can't monitor the piece of meat or, or different things? And so it's forced me to really, really 
open up my repertoire to really do that. And that's why I've kind of like made it into a game. Uh, I've kind of used that, uh, I guess, say negative in a sense. It kind of flipped on itself and made it a positive. Okay, I like that gamifying it. And I do want to talk about the time element. Okay, we were originally scheduled to do this interview last week, but then you got called into work. And I'm thinking, okay, he's in the middle of grocery shopping and he might have to leave everything and go on a call. So how do you plan a meal knowing that you might have to drop everything in the middle of cooking and go save a building or save someone's life? I never went to culinary school. I, like I used to do like at the time before Le Cordon Bleu. I don't know if you ever Le Cordon Bleu in Orlando. They had a huge like one of their main sites, whatever. And on weekends, on Saturdays, they have like little classes where they do meal prep and different sauces stuff. One of the things you learn is called mise in place, which means everything is in place before you start. So one of the things I get in the habit of is that even before I start cooking or before I get things going is that I have everything lined up and then I just start that process. I've always compartmentalized everything that if one part, I can always shut that down and like you say, keep going and stuff there. It's okay to shove things in. So I've kind of like built those things in to kind of help me with that. Any other tips, things you picked up on the job or on one of these food competition shows that we could apply at home? And I was doing Cutthroat Kitchen with Alton Brown. As much as, like, you know, you have the fresh onions and, you know, your fresh garlic and different things like that, he's like, I, I understand that, you know, fresh is good, but, man, but when you had a time crunch, it's okay to get the stuff that's already pre-cut or something. I know sometimes we're like, oh, we have to get the freshest ingredients and cut it up ourselves. So sometimes it's like, you know, those little things there could save you a couple minutes here and there. So little things like that I've learned or just, you know, I mean, literally taking a second and, and I call it a, producing my food out. But I literally take a second and just take those extra five to 10 minutes and literally just plan out my course of action, how I'm going to do it. We always say in the fire service, slow is fast, fast is slow. So what we mean by that, by always running, you know, we always think that you got to go fast, fast, fast. But a lot of times when you're running so fast on a fire scene, you end up making so many things, you got to slow up and then go back and fix things that if you just take a second and go slow and be methodical with your stuff, that you actually move pretty quickly. I take that same exact approach when I cook and I actually slow down and actually like, all right, go through your steps, whatever, do it one time instead of sitting and trying to do it five, six times. It actually helps out. Slow is fast, fast is slow. I can apply that in so many areas of my life. you about some fire safety tips. I've never okay. had a kitchen fire that got out of control, but like a couple weeks ago, my pan was too hot and I poured olive oil okay. and flames just shot oh, up and I freaked out. I was home alone. We did have a fire extinguisher, but then my brain kicked in and was like, Delia, just remove it from the heat. And and the flames went away. But that even was so scary. So I know you've seen the worst of it. What are the most common cooking-related fires, and how do we prevent them? So there's a couple of things there. So one is the grease fire. That's one of the most common grease fires or oil-based fires. It's the most common. So we talk about when grease fires, the biggest thing with that is that depending on what type of oil you're cooking with, they have different called smoke points. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but smoke points mean is that in which it starts to smoke, the temperature when we do that. If you're using olive oil, olive oil is great, healthy, but sometimes the thing is it has a low smoke point. So what happens is that when you get hot sometimes, it immediately burns and almost catch flames faster. So usually what I usually do is preventive that. I use, uh, has a little higher smoke point. 
uh, like avocado oil, canola oils, those linseed oils and stuff there. They usually tend to do this. So it doesn't, it still happens, but it doesn't happen as much. It requires much more heat to catch a cauldron fire. Nothing too is one of the most common is that we run into is that when you do have that fire, the most common thing we like to do is throw water on it, which is the worst that you can do, especially with oil, just in general. If you have oil, putting water on oil does not help. And same thing with water on the fire there. That just makes usually makes it worse. So usually either by smothering it or usually I always have baking soda. I usually have a little box of baking soda to keep on the side because that's what those fireworks extinguishers are. Is literally uh, it's a mixture of sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda, calcium, different uh, solids that are put together. So that's just having some baking soda and just put some baking soda right on it. We have a flame, just put some baking soda on it, helps smother those flames and actually stops the fire. And taking it off the heat most definitely does help that. What would you smother it with, like a baking pan or the the top of the pot? So usually what I usually smother is a pot top that you can use. Fire needs a couple of things. It needs oxygen, it needs a heat source, and it needs fuel. So if you cut off one of those legs, i.e. the oxygen, by putting a cover over, it stops that flame from producing. The covers is just as well. It works really well with that. Okay, that's very good to know. Because in the moment, I was panicking and I and I almost even started to Google it. I'm like, Delia, I don't think we have time for that. What do you put on a grease fire? Is, is it the baking soda? Is it the water? Do I smother? That's not the time <laughs> to be thinking through. <laughs> right. Let's talk about your cookbook. Okay, it's called Put Some Flames on Them, a yes. Chef Manny FD Comfort Food Cookbook released in 2020. What made you want to write a cookbook? One of the things that got me started with Chef Manny FD Essentially, that when I was cooking at the fire station, people come out of the station, they'll have a meal, and then, like, you know, they'll go to a different station, they'll be visiting in for the day, and they'll text me, hey, man, what was the recipe to this? What was the recipe to this? What was the recipe to this? Just, you know, here, I'm going to put it on my Instagram. I'm going to put it on my Facebook and just get it from there. And I just kind of built this up. I've been doing that for a minute. It's been tried to test it to have, like, you know, senior firefighters who have been seasoned by cooking. And I have people who are brand new firefighters, brand new to the whole thing. Why not, you know, take the same exact thing and take it, send it to the world? You know, if a brand new guy who barely has any kitchen materials, cooking tools in his house, that little seasoned house can, can pull off these meals that I've given to him. So maybe, hey, we can give this to everybody, you know, to, you know, be more of Chef Manny FD. So that's the idea behind that. Get my story out and understand where I'm coming from and how I got to where I'm at today. What are some of the most common recipes that people ask you for? The bacon jam burger is always a classic. They always ask you for my French toast. The stuffed French toast is always there. And my macaroni and cheese. I love making macaroni and cheese. There's a couple of things that I love doing that everybody loves there. Tell me about your mac and cheese. So I have the expensive one and cheap one, but the way it is pretty much is that, you know, I make a roux, which is, you know, your butter and your, uh, your flour, your fat and your flour. And, um, you know, I build that up and then, you know, I do cream cheese, sour cream and half and half. And I even throw in some goat cheese and my cheddar cheese, my Colby Jack. And, you know, just make my layers of it. It makes lasagna and bake it. And just uh, everybody loves the fan favorite. My mac and cheese has four cheeses. You named like six or seven cheeses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It can get really expensive <laughs> real quick. So that's why I have the basic one. Then I have the one that like, uh, you know, I do really stuff here. We have the goat cheese and, you know, I share Parmesan and then. We're doing Kobe and pepper. You know, this it gets crazy. Like I said, you get crazy with it, depending on how many cheese I have in the house. What's in the cheap one? Still do the roux. I do just a little bit of sour cream and cream cheese. And then, like I said, I just do cheddar cheese and that's it. Just do one cheese, whatever. Real simple. Breadcrumbs? No breadcrumbs. So I, so I do do breadcrumbs. So some people do breadcrumbs. The guys at the station, like, so sometimes I do breadcrumbs and bacon. 
to finish it off on top, whatever. But it just depends what I'm complimenting it with, what I'm doing other things with it. So I don't want to be too heavy that it just be like, uh, since it got all that cheese and all the stuff there, may make you real rich. Because the other things I may be putting with it, whether it's a pot rolls or beef short ribs or whatever I'm doing with it. So I don't want to be too much with it, but I have put breadcrumbs or bacon in the topping to finish it off. Wow. Oh, my mouth is watering. Okay. Do you think of yourself as a firefighter who cooks or a chef who fights fires or are they equal? Because I've kind of been asking you questions about both topics and you sound extremely knowledgeable about both. So how do you even think of it in your head? I think originally I've always been a firefighter that happened to cook. And then when I did Cutthroat Kitchen, we lead up to that kind of like, let me just kind of learn some things and kind of working on them. But I wasn't really serious about it. And then when I did MasterChef, after I did MasterChef, they really did intensive work with us every weekend and it kind of humbled me a little bit. Um, and the people who were there were way ahead of me. I'm like, man, what am I doing? So then there, from there, I was at a point where I was like, where do I want to go? And I really like started, like I actually brought culinary books and actually started reading and actually started stodging. You know what stodging is? Nope. Okay, so stodging, so for a chef, what you do is, especially chefs come out of, right out of school, but you do stodging or pretty much the internship. Essentially, they work for free at restaurants. In return, they teach them how to prep, teach them to make sauces, kind of doing the things there. And I kind of stodged at a couple of restaurants locally in Orlando to kind of actually like, you know, kind of like earn your stripes of learning, you know, basic food prep, prepping 30 pounds of onions, prepping, you know, 50 pounds of potatoes, going through all the stuff here, learn how to, to work on making your mother sauces, your basic bechamel sauce, and then working your way up to the line and, you know, putting out orders and then actually making plating fluff and stuff. And just working on that really uh, helped me really elevate it because for the most part in the firehouse, most of the time it's family meal. So it's like, you know, you have these big sheet pans, whatever, whatever it is. Everybody's kind of scooped their own thing. But then now, you know, in the other world is that, you know, in the shows, before they say, hey, you need to plate this food. And how do you plate it? It's like, I don't know how to plate. Firehouse don't plate this. So then now taking that, learning how to plate, taking a plating class, you know, learning online, reading books about it, learning about, you know, making, adding color to a plate, elevation to a plate, tricks and stuff there. So then learning those different things, they're really, you know, in a sense, had to make me go back and learn and stuff that really pushed me stuff there. And that's what Food Network Star I loved about it, that I thought going into it, my weakest was going to be the cooking. I did really good on the cooking part, but it was actually the public speaking part and actually bringing it all together was my hardest part. So it was really learning how to, you know, bring that you learn all the craft of it, how to be able to describe food properly and understand because people can't taste through the TV. How does rosemary taste to a person? How can a person know that, you know, arugula gives a pepper taste versus just it's arugula, it's green. So just learning this descriptive words and learn how to do that, just really learn that craft. And I think Food Network started really like was able to let me turn it in and really it was like a boot camp of that aspect of it. And really, I think, brought me over the hump as being a, more of a professional on that end. It was really cool. And I feel now like on both sides of it, that are a little equal, but in the beginning, I was definitely like, oh, I'm a firefighter chef, but now I'm like, you know, I do both. It definitely was a growing phase of it. It's pretty cool. What is next for you? When are you getting your own cooking show? I've been just enjoying this moment. Like, the second baby is due March 9th. We have another baby due March 9th. Ooh. So, that have been kind of just enjoying this kind of moment here. Uh, once the second baby comes and we kind of get the groove of things here, I'm going to really go back to pushing the Chef Manny stuff. Kind of do like in seasons. Uh, one season with Chef Manny, Chef Manny, and I kind of let the fire kind of like take a back settle. There was everything to find in a happy medium 
um, because you can't go both on on ends because something's going to fall. So I've kind of learned to just in seasons kind of like do each one there. So that's what I've been definitely doing. Right. Like you said, slow is fast. Right. Okay. We're recording this on the last day of January. So the baby will be here by the time people are hearing this. Do you know boy or girl? It's a girl. Her name is Imani. She's due March 9th. Okay, so I caught you just in time. We just have a couple minutes left here. But last question, what do your coworkers eat when you're off? Uh, <laughs> uh, I just got back to town. So this by the airport. And um, I literally had left something there. So I had to go into the station. And I was having to be off and they were cooking dinner. And man, oh my gosh. I was looking at this chicken. had some burnt leg quarters. I'm like, what are y'all doing? And they came and said, what are y'all doing? They're like, hey man, you're not here. So you're just going to have to make it do. Sometimes you got to make it work. The biggest thing I think, uh, that I've wanted to do is that if I can not only cook stuff for them, but also show them how to do it so that since they can fish on their own, uh, that's my biggest thing there, especially when I was that left downtown station one, you know, before they were a little rough, but then I remember leaving, you know, and the guys, Hey man, they made this dish for you. I make this, I always hear great things about they doing this stuff there. So I know I did a well done job. You know, I, I try to spread, uh, my knowledge and recipes, you know, some people kind of keep it together, but one of the biggest things I do as a, sh- as the you know, firefighter side of me, but also chef side, is like, I want to spread it. Hey man, I don't want to keep this to myself. I want to spread it, you know, in a sense that even though I'm long gone, my presence is still felt in the building. They're going to survive. They're going to cook whatever they cook, but definitely, uh, knowing that I left my little flames on them, it definitely shows sometimes. So. Oh, probably a lot of peanut butter and jelly and scrambled eggs on your days off. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, it was such a treat to talk to you. Is there anything else you want to mention? You know, just come up to me. I'm a regular person. Definitely talk to me. If you look at my Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at ChefManyFD, ChefManyFD.com. Just reach out to there and all the information there, I'll definitely share with you. So definitely reach out. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You definitely have the personality for it. I I can't wait to watch you with your own show on the Food Network one day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Emmanuel Washington Jr., better known as Chef Manny FD, works for the Orlando Fire Department. He shared some recipes from his cookbook, Put Some Flames on Them, a Chef Manny FD comfort food cookbook. And you can find them on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Chandler Balcom and Alexandria Ebron. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.